Many of the great business leaders and entrepreneurs in the world are also great leaders. You find they all have their own style of communicating their vision, their mission, their dream to the people around them who's going to help them build that dream because most businesses require people to build it. However, they seem to be very powerful in how they communicate. And when you read a lot of great books about entrepreneurs and how they built their businesses, you find that they needed and they connected and they inspired and they motivated and sometimes they irritated and they annoyed people in that journey. But they always had to develop an ability to communicate their vision, to communicate their dream and their message to the people around them who had to build that dream. Now, when I first started as a sole personal trainer in business, sole means it was only me, then the only person I had to communicate was myself. And I'm talking about internal communication within a business, not necessarily external communication to your clients and your marketplace. So today we're going to talk about that internal communication and how to be able to build that. Because many times a lot of businesses fail because the people don't get on board with the dream and they end up with an internal turbulence uh, and chaos in their business. And you all know if you've worked in businesses where you've been in business where it's been, hey, this has been, this is fantastic. We're a team because together each all achieves more. Together each achieves more. Um, then yeah, you probably experience and you got to say, well, what, what makes a great team? What makes a great cohesive team where everyone communicates, everyone uh, communicates respectfully and effectively and efficiently, where they're all on the same page, everyone knows what they're supposed to do uh, to build a common cause or a common purpose, a common dream, a common vision, whatever that might be. When you're by yourself as a sole trainer, then as a trader, it's just up to you. You have your own little mind going a thousand miles of hour and miles an hour and you start your business and the only person you have to communicate to is yourself and hold yourself to your own standards and to ensure that you achieve what you want to achieve and that requires a lot of self-discipline um, and you know if, you're, if something goes wrong well hey look in the mirror that's where the cause is however when you start to build something that is uh, purposeful uh, that is of value, that is attractive, you tend to attract people who want to be a part of it. Because people want to be a part of a bigger thing. People want to be a part of a great thing. They don't want to do it themselves, they want to be a part of it. And I found that in my journey as I started to attract trainers who wanted to be a part of my business, my first sports conditioning business called Sports Elite, Strength and Conditioning Specialist. And then my second business uh, extended off that called Gold Coast Personal Trainers. And over time that built... Uh, to having five personal training studios with over 20 trainers and uh, five uh, individual managers who uh, manage those studios in two different cities. And the art of communication to communicate to with five studios with 20 trainers and five managers is very different <clears throat> to just being a sole trader. That's very easy where everything is under your wings. And there are other uh, graduates of ours who have now built their businesses where their communication has to go to a whole new level. Uh, for example, uh, Andrew, who owns Vision Personal Training, they have over 60 personal training studios with 500 trainers and obviously over 60 franchisees, and he's the franchisor. So he has to communicate through many levels from franchisor to franchisee, down to the managers, down to the supervisors, down to the master trainers, down to the personal trainers uh, in the field. 
So it's very interesting to look at that network of communication to make sure that the message, the message is, is held true, but it, those, those messages aren't misinterpreted or not even understood or not even uh, heard. So let's start with uh, if you're going to build a nice small business where you're going to attract people onto your team. But first of all, it's really important to have lines of communication. <clears throat> now, when I started, I started as a sole trainer or as a personal trainer. And eventually over time, I had one personal training studio and I had six uh, personal trainers working for me. Now, we didn't have the technology back then. The beautiful thing today is that you can send out a message and it goes, bing! out to everyone and you're guaranteed that they've received that message so they can't say I didn't know because you have the technology via email or messenger or CRM programs where everyone gets the message and they cannot deny that they didn't get the message because there is a an electronic trail left behind that you actually sent that message um, but before that <coughs> we didn't have that we didn't even uh, we had facsimiles <laughs> you'd sometimes fax a message out maybe to your different departments to have the message and it might be urgent, it might be important, it might be of low importance, whatever it might be. So you may mark them off back in the day. But what we used to do back in the day <laughs> when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth uh, as a team of six personal trainers is we used to systematically meet every Friday night for dinner. And you'd technically call that a management meeting. <coughs> Excuse me. So we'd meet for dinner and then we'd share with each other, uh, obviously, any challenges or any opportunities or good things or not so good things. And they would share them with me and I'd also share with them the things that I wanted to share with them. And obviously, I took notes and documented everything. You know, we call them in business terms, minutes. I take minutes. It means you take notes of the meeting so it's documented. And then everyone after that will get a copy of those minutes for the week, that way they can never say that I didn't know because you've issued a document, a document, a physical document to them and that's normally issued on the Monday morning with my administrator and manager of the studio at that time, Kim. So she was great at typing, I think she did 100 words a minute, so I just give her my scribbly handwritten notes, I give them to her and then on Monday morning she would machine gun them out with her speed typing and then she would issue the minutes to each of the trainers of the base, and there wasn't a long list because obviously the longer it is, the less they're going to read it, and it's very systematically. So we had a nice little communication system where if any of the trainers needed to communicate, they had an avenue, and that avenue was a every week a Friday night dinner, and obviously I paid for that. I found that as a great investment, and we built that studio up to a great little business where we had uh, you know, approaching 200 sessions a week. We were charging, at the time, around about $60 a session. So if you do the numbers, we are earning about $12,000 a week in that studio. And the studio was it's only a very small studio. It was above uh, the Miami Medical Practice. We had an office. We have a small gym, which was probably around about you know, 60 square metres. But we, it was very, very efficient in how we conducted that. And plus... You would also have communication of how you schedule your appointments so they don't cross over to other people. Most people are quite happy to have one or two people training in the same facility, and occasionally you might have someone who wants just that, that private session. So we put in a system of communication to make sure that, hey, this session we need to book around that session because uh, Leighton wants to train his client just by herself because she's shy or she's intimidated or she's new. So you have to develop those lines of communication, whether it be booking the 
health consultation room, there would be a booking sheet and you'd book a, a third, or put you in. If you were on the road, because we also did mobile training, then you'd call Kim and Kim would actually write that in. And Kim also kept files. And again, we didn't have electronic files back then. It was just the start of computers. And she had these little client cards and the, each card had the client, their details, anything you need to know, how many sessions they paid for, and she would tick them off. And then she'd notify you coming up to the end of their uh, package of personal training sessions that they're going to be coming up to renew. So you had that in your headspace. So <clears throat> again, with a small team, that's easy enough to do, but you have to be disciplined to do it. Because if, if you don't do that, before you know, uh, your team will start to, their mind will wander, they'll start to do their own thing. Uh, we also systematically also had regular training where we trained each other together to make sure we were all on the same page of our training. So each of the trainers used to train each other one session per week. So Leeton would this week would train me, and next week Leeton would train uh, maybe Paul, or the week after Leeton would train Tony, and we just cycled around. So every week we also trained each other, and that was a form of training. But there's also a way of communication physically to making sure that our standards aren't slipping, because... Things that are not measured do tend to uh, slide. You could say, you know, complacency starts to wear down the message and the training session, the quality and the customer service. So I found a good way to maintain that was to each of us train each other. It sort of reminded us of the great experience that it was like to be trained by somebody with all the bells and whistles and the customer service and all the systems in place to do that. So that was another form of communication, uh, trainer to trainer, uh, where they got to also intermingle each week with a different trainer. So they're never isolated because when you're a trainer, you don't always get to mingle with the other trainers, except on obviously the Friday night, we all mingle together. But they also had that personal time, which was structured in the form of communication. And then they also got their minutes from Kim <coughs> every single Monday morning, handed out to them. Uh, so yeah, in that way, that worked very, very effectively. It kept everyone connected. It kept everyone on the same page. People had an avenue to express any challenges and ideally uh, that was done together at one time so they wouldn't if someone would come to me say okay I need to talk to you about something I'd say hey that's fantastic can we talk about it on the Friday night because that's what we call the 80-20 rule where you know 80% of the communication is dealt in 20% of the time so rather than do me one-on-one and then I have five six seven eight one-on-one uh, chats with trainers, well, that could take, you know, five, six, seven hours of my week, or I could do it all at once in one or two hours on a Friday night. So time management is also very important that you can uh, manage yourself where you can deal with 80% of the challenges in 20% of the time in a group. And then maybe with your key players at that time, there was Kim, my team player, and Paul was one of my team players. Then I, I can do one-on-ones with them because they were the, the leaders of, of the group. And I'd spend one-on-time with them, group time with everybody else. But everyone else also had the chances of one-on-time, one-on-one time when they trained each other. And obviously I was being trained as well. So they also had a good one-on-one time with me once every, say, five weeks because every week we'd cycle it around. So... Again, that's a great way to communicate. Obviously, at that time, we had started with our phones. We had mobile phones, but we didn't have text at that particular time. But as you move forward, then you can use that technology. For example, Kim, if she needed to send out the minutes, she might be able to send it out via text. 
and she does a group text and everyone gets it on their phone. So straight away, you're sending out a message, you know, everyone's received it. At the end, just send me a yes back, acknowledging that you received it. That way, you know that they've actually received the text and they've read the text. So they cannot come back and say, well, I didn't know. Well, you did know because we have a record of that being sent to you. And now you have, obviously, emails, anything that is important. Yes, it's very important to maybe communicate that to the group verbally, but always make sure that you back it up with some form of solid evidence that they also get the message that cannot be disputed, where, for example, I'd share an idea, I'd share some, some instructions, I'd share some, some new systems to take into place, and then I'd solidify that and crystallise it or in the minutes back in the day. But you can do that on an email and you send that out. You can do it in different technological platforms now and send it out. They all receive it via their messenger or via their Facebook or via their uh, text or whatever, my, by a message in the bottle, uh, a um, uh, a homing pigeon or whatever it might be. And that's another thing to always also uh, take in consideration, depending on the size of the organisation that you have, is that you may ask your individual clients what's on your, your team members, how do you like to communicate? And you may want to communicate in the way they like to communicate <coughs> uh, via whatever platform they use. But if you have a lot of numbers, then that's going to, take very, it's going to be very time-consuming uh, for that. Now... It's important to develop systems of communication. That way, you never, uh, you know, the, they always say there's a great saying is the foundation of all stuff ups is assumption. <laughs> because assume stands for assume makes an ass of you and me if you break up the spelling. So never assume. If I need to get something out, I'd make sure uh, I put it into a crystallized form. And send it out. So if I'm having an important meeting, uh, and to this day the same thing applies if I'm dealing with whether it be external communication with a client or another uh, trading partner or an internal communication with your manager or trainer, and it's really, really important. And you th- I always ask myself, can this blow up in my face if I don't create some form of proof that it happened and not just that it happened, but what exactly what was said? And when I chat to someone, then I will verify it by an email. It says, hey, George, it was great chatting to you the other day about blah, 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 and uh, you shared da, 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 and I shared da, 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 we both agreed to da, 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 and that's our conclusion is da, 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 and then I'd send that to email and say, please return the email with just a yes or need to discuss further to acknowledge that you agree with that email. So that way they can never say, well, that's, that, that's not what I meant, or that's not what I said, or I don't remember that, where it's already in a crystallized format where you can prove it down the track because you can't trust your memory because they can say, well, you said this, and you say, well, I don't really remember. Let's go to the minutes, or let's go to the email that I keep a track of, let's go to the record, and we'll see what exactly that has been said and what you acknowledged back to me. And when you're in that discussion with different uh, individual team players, it's important to understand what their love language. There's the five love languages where people like to communicate uh, in different ways because everybody's different. If I go up to a dog and start going, meow, 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 the dog will think I'm crazy. Dogs like to bark. If I go to Italy and I start uh, speaking uh, French, they may not, they may understand a bit of it, but they rather speak French. So speak in the language 
uh, that they like to speak in. And I'm not going to go into that in this session on the five love languages and, and communicate what they, they like to communicate. And in that process of communication, first of all, the art of communication is find what they seek to understand before to be understood, which is one of the great tools of communication by Stephen Covey, which is the seven habits of highly effective people. So find what they, let them offload everything to you and then once you've got all that information, then you can, you can find what, what is in sync and what is not in sync, what you agree on, what you disagree on, and what you're going to agree to disagree on. And through that open discussion, but let them offload first. <clears throat> and then once you've offloaded and you come up with a solution, it's always best solutions if you communicate to them. So what is your solution or what are you suggesting or what would you like to do? And obviously that has to map into all of your standards in your business, your policies and your procedures in your business. So you can't change your overall business to suit one individual. You may take into some consideration, but overall if, if the individual doesn't, you know, in sync with your way you do things, and maybe that business is not for them. But you would ideally would have communicated that to them before they even got on board. Before they get on board of your business, make sure they're fully aware of all the standards and the expectations and the systems and the policies and the procedures and all the things. So they know exactly what they're getting in on before they sign off, because sign into the business. Because if they then want to change it, you say, wait a minute, when you started with this team, you agreed... On, a, on your agreement, your team agreement, and you have your employment contract, depending on what country you're in, you have your contracts and your agreements and your job description, you agreed and you signed that off. So when I built my business and Rowan and I built our colleges, which also had personal training studios attached to them, we built our team up to well over 100, approaching 200 people. So now, obviously, it wasn't necessarily in a position where I can take everyone out for dinner on a Friday night because now it's sort of getting a little bit out of hand in a good way. <clears throat> However, what we did do is every Friday, we would close our businesses down for half the day, and in the morning, all the team would come together and we would have a, a team building day every week because we think the best investment in our business is our team because our team are the ones building our business. So any challenges, and we had a nice structured procedure of how we went through everything, uh, and there's all the team together, and everyone connected, and we did motivational games and communication and interactions and all sorts of great stuff. And then we'd share, uh, you know, I would share a bit of motivation, and then we'd go through the weeks happening. We'd have a scoreboard and the key performance indicator. So everyone knew what the scoreboard and what the expectation was for the business, but every individual in the business. And each person had their own role, and they obviously had to report on that role. So that was a, a form of making sure everyone communicates together as a group. Uh, then after that, we had the, yeah, the, the managers, you know, the gurus, we called them back then, and the managers of the, the, that department, the manager of that department or that team or that team, and then the manager would come together, and then they would share their KPIs with us. And everything was obviously documented, uh, document, documented, uh, and then that was all drawn up, and Rory would put it into a nice structure, and then she would end email out after all of that to the whole team, uh, the, you know, the outcomes and the expectations and what we all planned to do. And that way everyone was on board, everyone verified it, and the managers obviously had a different communication because we'd chat about different things with them. But everything was very much, they had a strong communication, so no one can ever say, I didn't know, or, oh, that's not what you said. Wait a minute, it was. <clears throat> and in the team itself, 
we had put in systems and we used email at that time and Rory would sit at home and if you came in and you checked in, you'd have to hop on your email. You had a, a little tick box report type thing. Yes, I'm in. I got in at this time. This is my goal for the day. This is what I'm doing today. Da, 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 da. And it's all listed, the tick box type thing. And then I press send and I send that to Rory and that would land in Rory's email box. And that would record the time they checked in. So there's a way to, in the old days, we had those punch cards. I remember I used to work in security at the Nissan Distribution Centre. And everyone used to have little, the, the, the little card and punch it in. And I'd record their time and punch it out at the end of the day. Well, today you don't need to do that. You just shoot an email. And then it recorded all the things they wanted. And at the end of the day, they had to have a finishing email, which a little checkpoint of all the things that they all said they're going to do, they did do, and the things that they what they learned today, and there were any challenges, any things we need to address. So they had this strong communication to Rory, which is uh, obviously the overall leader of the team, and they would send that when they finished. So Rory could see if they what time they left, uh, not just from a timing, but what they actually did, and it was all recorded. And then those put into their little file. And then if there's anything that Rory had to address, or we had to address, or the guru had to address, then we can address that. Um, so again, it was always a very strong, uh, systematic way to communicate. And obviously, once a month, we used to have management training and leadership training. We'd bring in a, a manager and a team leader, and that would also communicate the message. So we'd bring out external experts to send our message to everyone to communicate with them. And if things weren't going right, then obviously we could uh, you know, address it as a group. But sometimes it had to be a bit more personal, address it as a personal thing. On the other side, every month, every person had a performance check. They had a meeting and a performance checks either with their guru or with their manager or with Rory or whatever it might, or with me. And then we'd actually have a nice systematic thing of what we would cover throughout it, look at their satisfaction and uh, are they being fulfilled and are they happy with their, their position and happy with their tasks and what are their ambitions and what are their goals and what are their hurdles. And we sort of covered everything you can possibly cover and just to make sure that they still really want to be here and they're still uh, in, in the dream, they're in the vision, they want to be, you know, making sure that it's still in sync with their values and, and their ideals and their philosophies and their life. And there was a one-on-one -on -one meeting every uh, month uh, where they could offload without judgment, obviously. They had to feel very comfortable with that. And then we'd go through and address any challenges along the way and look at ways that we could challenge them, make them better, or change some things and we had people go from one area to another and some we coached off the team and some we coached up the team and some coached into the team so you know where to coach them but all of that comes down to having great communication uh, with uh, your team uh, and your managers if you have managers and making sure that a it's always positive we were a very positive we always say always be positive in everything you do rather than critical because people will do more what they praise for than what they criticize for. It's like the carrot and the stick. Yes, sometimes you need the stick and sometimes you need the carrot, but the, the stick isn't you telling them what to do, but it's you holding them accountable to the things that they promise. And that's why it's really important to do those checks uh, on their job description and match them into their performance indicators, which they report every single week. Because many times, you know, someone would say, uh, you know, I just hold them accountable to what they promise. It says, you promised this, and you promised this, and you promised this. Now, why aren't you delivering on that? And they say, well, yeah. And you let them uh, talk themselves into performance or maybe out of the team. And that's perfectly fine, but you're giving them the opportunity to decide by asking wise, intelligent questions and holding them accountable 
to their goals and then, or their dreams or what they said they're going to do. And once you get all that information, again, make sure you document it and then you verify it by shooting it to them so they've, they've received it and then they acknowledge, yes, that is what has happened. That's a true reflection of our conversation. That's a true reflection of what happened. And then you say, yes, and then you can park it. So if it ever raises its ugly head again, where they come back and through an industrial dispute or whatever it might be, and they say, you said this, and that was unfair, and you can pull that out and say, well, wait a minute, this is what happened, and this is what you agreed to. And that way it protects yourself from uh, them making false, exaggerated, inappropriate accusations and it also protects you from being the person who's saying silly stuff because you're going to document it as well so communication is really important if you're a sole trader then it's in your own head and you have to hold yourself accountable where you need self-discipline to because as a sole trader you have to manage yourself but as soon as you get a team then you now have to manage and communicate to your team and they may be on the same level because you might be a trainer but then you may have different levels as your business grows where you may bring in a manager so now you have to communicate to the manager who then has to communicate to the team you have to make sure that that message doesn't get diluted and changed and that happens a lot if it's not verified if it's not solidified if you and always make sure you inspect what you expect at the front end of your business to make sure that middle person of management who may be changing things up for whatever reason it might be it might be personal reasons they may think they can do it better whatever it might be <clears throat> then if you even go to another you may start to get multiple layers of management as you do in big corporations and then you have to be considerate hey i'm going to communicate and tie all this together so it, the message doesn't get diluted and changed by the time it's to, to the end. But always remember what, what happens at the bottom of the mountain started at the top. So you have to make sure that you, know, you are you know, being transparent and you're getting the message down to where it should be by inspecting what you expect. And a lot of times people manage their gyms by uh, uh, mind reading. <laughs> they, well, why didn't you do that? And they'll say, well, you didn't tell me. Why, why did you do that? I says, well, no one told me that I couldn't do that. That's called mind reading. Well, well you shouldn't have, because I, and that's what you think, but you haven't put your thoughts down into a system of communication to make sure they are very clear as what expected of them, and they're very clear of what is not expected of them as too. So you have to know what they, they should know what they can do, but also very distinctly what uh, they can't do, where it's not going to be into an argument of you said, she said, or no one said. And that's called management by mind reading. And you know, as a leader, then you have to be sure that you don't blame them, that you train them. You know, if someone does something which is inappropriate or communicates inappropriately or acts inappropriately, you have to say, could have I stopped that? Could have I prevented that through better training, better communication? Before you, you blow your head and lose your hair, <laughs> or you start to go nuts and go, why did you do that? That's terrible. Yeah, you, yeah. And you start to blame, blame, blame. I have to ask, did I train them appropriately uh, so that didn't happen? Did I put all my communication to and, and if you find that you have and they still, they were informed, they still did it, then that's not a training issue. Now, that is an attitude issue, isn't it? Training issues are easy to deal with. Attitude issues, now that's a whole new basket, isn't it? And if you know, can you change someone's attitude? Well, that's disputable, but you can easily change your training 
to get the right people with the right attitude to do the right thing for the business to grow your business, your dream, and your vision where everyone's all on board as a team because together each achieves more if they're connected and they communicate in a positive way and everyone's running in the same direction. See you in the next K-Mac.